Hello and welcome to the RBI Shop. I am your host, Ryan Bishop. We will be talking about the Seattle Mariners on this post with the idea of adding in a national perspective, which I believe a lot of fans miss out on. Um, today, we are going to start a five-part series discussing the Mariners in 2021 and what to look for this offseason. We will start today by previewing the AL West, um, and then the series will focus on the Mariners, talking about players on the team that need to improve for next year. We'll get into, in the set, next episode, we'll talk about minor league players coming up next year. Then we'll talk about free agents, and then finally, we'll end the series talking about trade targets. And by then, the World Series should be over. And the moves should begin to happen. It's hot stove season, baby. So the Mariners started their rebuild after the 2018 season. Um, a lot of people think it's been going on longer, but they've never really actually rebuilt their team until after that 2018 season. They've tried to patch holes. They've tried to add veterans and they've tried all sorts of things, but it's never really worked out. After 2018, Jerry DePoto had earned enough trust from um, owner John Stanton that he was given the go-ahead to not just try to bring in new players eventually, but to let some of the old players move on, trade away some old, some of the players who were older, some of the stars like Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz and Mike Zunino and James Paxton, and move those guys for younger pieces that would eventually turn into Major League talent. One of the reasons that happened was in 2018, the Mariners had the fourth best record in all of baseball, even into, I want to say into July of that year. The problem was, even when they had the fourth best record in all of baseball, they were still barely clinging, or they were still in a second wildcard position because they were way behind the Astros, they were way behind the Yankees, and way behind the Red Sox, or close to them, but behind them. And the fact was that for the Mariners to push themselves over the top, they needed more than just adding small pieces here and there, and they did not have a farm system that they could trade from, and they did not have payroll flexibility where they could go out and add big free agents. So they began to tear the team down, partly based on what was going on around them in Major League Baseball. Now, as we head into 2021, the majority of the rebuild is over. There's going to be some pieces where you it's going to be having to be patient with watching some young players grow. However, the Mariners believe, and there's no reason to believe that this isn't true, that they have a chance to make the playoffs in 2021. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But they definitely will be playing each game with the plan of making the playoffs, even if it is only five teams in each league like it should be. We'll get into that later. So let's start with the Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers just recently announced... Um, that they will be having more of a step-back season next year. Um, they tried adding guys like Mike Miner and um, was it Lance Lynn a couple years ago, and they had a great year in 2019. Um, veteran pitchers came in, did their job. They have a, um, a strong lineup. However, that took them from a below-average team to an average team with a below-average farm system. So the Rangers were kind of caught in no-man's land. So for them to announce that they're going to be taking a step back here is completely expected. It falls in line with them. Um, Shinsu Chu will be gone next year. That's $20 million off the book. Corey Kluber, who they traded for before the 2020 season, um, he has an $18 million team option, which will not get picked up. 
Um, Lance Lynn will still be around, and at only $9 million last next year is a great deal. However, what will happen, I'm guessing, is that he gets traded partway through the season. I would imagine that he's still around on opening day because the Rangers need to put something out there for to get fans into their brand new stadium. Um, but I don't know if he'll be a piece with them going forward. Besides that, they have some strong young players. They've got the Joey Gallows. They've got the Elvis Andrews, who's walked up for a while. They've got Rugna, Rugi Odor. They've got Nick Solak, who busted on the scene as a second baseman. So this is going to be a tough team to beat. This isn't going to be the 2019 Orioles, who you just expect to lose every game, and you're shocked that they won more than 10 games, even in 162 season in 2019. This is going to be a tough team to beat. They're not going to win more than 70 games in 2021, but they will play their hardest each day. They are a competitive team. They've got some big personalities on their team. And when you look at that, at Andrew, Sodor, um, if Dietrich comes back, Solak, Kiner Falafa, you've got guys who've been around the majors for a while, who've done great things, and they're not just going to give up and roll over. They also have some decent pieces waiting in the wings. Um, I know Josh Young is coming up soon, um, probably to take over third base. And they had Sherman Apostel coming up last year, or Sherton Apostel coming up last year, who is going to, looks like he could be something special too. So they've got a lot of strong young pieces in Texas. They are not going to compete in 2021, but they will bring it every day. And it's not going to be easy wins for the Mariners, the Astros, the Angels, the A's, or anybody playing against the Rangers. It's a team that could still put up 10 runs any given day. They just likely will not have the pitching to back up any of that. And they probably will move some pieces such as like Jose Leclerc or even um, um, Lance Lynn as the season gets going. They don't really need those guys and they can probably get better value if they trade them so come september the rangers might be an easy team to beat but they will compete their hearts out most of the year the next team we look at is the angels and like everybody still a little bit in shock at how bad the angels were in um in 20 2020 how they did not make the playoffs and when eight teams made it and I mean, they basically have three generational talents on their team, which I think they're the only three you could say in baseball, except maybe Clayton Kershaw, um, where Mike Trout is easily the best player of the 2010s. Um, Albert Pujols was the greatest player of the 2000s. And even at 40, he still does pretty well. <laughs> Shohei Otani had, still has that potential to be... Um, a generational player in the fact that he can play offense and defense. He can pitch, he can hit the guy's incredible and they still keep falling on their face. They still keep coming up short for the playoffs and it's, it's gotta be embarrassing at this point. However, there's no reason to believe that they can't compete next year. Um, they'll have Bundy and Andrew Haney back in their rotation, which is and Griffin canning. So they've got some strong pieces in the rotation. They need to add somebody. I remember going, it was probably at least two or three months after the Yankees had signed Cole before I really realized that the Angels didn't get Garrett Cole last year. They just seemed destined to get him going into that offseason. Um, but if they can add some pitching, 
There's no reason to believe that this lineup doesn't produce next year. You've got Mike Trout, Joe Adele in the outfield. Joe Adele will be much better than he was in 2020 with some experience under his belt. Um, Justin Upton, he's not the greatest anymore, but you're expecting him to be a number three outfielder. There's no reason to believe those guys can't compete at a high level with that outfield. You've got a strong, um, strong in strong infield with Rendon. You do have Pujols, but Jared Walsh busted onto the scene looking great. So Pujols is guaranteed to really fit into that DH role unless Otani takes it. So you've got some good pieces at first base DH. Um, David Fletcher is probably a step back from Tommy LaStella at second base, but he's still a nice piece. He's got team control now. He made that roster a little bit cheaper. And the big thing will be if they can replace Angleton Simmons. Um, however, there's no reason to believe a guy like Louis Renifo, Ren I have no idea how to pronounce his name, Renifo um, will be able to replace him. Just not the offensive numbers, but quite frankly, the Angels don't need more on offense. They need pitching. If the Angels can go out and they can get a Masahiro Tanaka, they can go out and get a Trevor Bauer, or they can go out and get a Marcus Stroman, there is no reason to believe that this team can't be a playoff team. They can't. There's no reason to believe they can't win the division. Now, I thought that last year, I thought they were a World Series favorite. And we all get proven wrong by the Angels every year, no matter how good they look. I'll still give it to them that they've got a chance next year. I don't 100% believe it, but this team should be over 500. They should win 80 to 90 games, depending on what they're able to add add in their to their rotation this offseason. Um, and I think when, once they have a new GM, they'll probably try to make a splash. But there's no reason to believe that the Angels can't be an 80 to 90 win team. And I'm going to give a 10 game window for them, whereas other teams I'll give a five game. So the Rangers, I would put as kind of that 65 to 70 win team. The Angels are probably at 80 to 90 win team. But who knows? They they managed to mess everything else up. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a playoff run. I wouldn't be surprised if they're sitting home in October again and they have given up by mid-September. So we will see what happens with the Angels. The Houston Astros and what we need to get out of our heads before we start talking about the Astros is we cannot, we're not talking about them cheating or not. We're not talking about how much you hate them or not. We're talking about how good their team is. And yes, they cheated. Yes, there was stuff that happened. But I think because of that, people tend to overlook this team. And the way they're made up with their personalities, is this the team that thrives being the underdog? I know they've already made a decent playoff run so far in 2020. Um, they just won the wildcard series against the Twins that everybody expected to compete, at least to, for a chance to lose to the Yankees for the <laughs> Twins. Um, but the Astros are a lot better than people think. They're set around the infield. They just re-signed Yuli Gurriel for another year. So, so with Gurriel, Maldonado at catcher, and um, is it, I always get stub. Stubbs mixed up, but he can come in and catch. So they probably won't need to add a catcher. You got Yuli at first base. You've got Altuve at second. Bregman at third. Correa at short. 
and you still have um, Aledmus Diaz and Toro, Abraham Toro in the system, that they have great backups when there are injuries, as is becoming more common with Altuve. Uh, obviously, their big concern is the outfield. They lose George Springer, Michael Brantley, and Josh Reddick this year. So they lose an entire outfield. However, that's what, 20, 29, $50 million of contracts coming off the system. And they don't need to replace outfielders. They can, but they don't necessarily need to. They have Kyle Tucker, who is great in left field. And quite frankly, Kyle Tucker is the best of any of those outfielders at this point. He's still on minimum salaries through 2022. The guy is brilliant. You can hate the Astros all you want. you got to respect Kyle Tucker. He is one of the best young players in baseball right now. They've got Miles Straw, who can flat out, flat out play center field. He doesn't have the bat that George Springer has, but the kid can play. He can hold his own in center field. Um, right field, you have Jordan Alvarez coming back. So whether they put him in the field or whether they DH him, um, they have pieces there. Um, so yes, would it help them if they brought back Springer? Probably. Would it help them if they brought back some of these other guys? Um, probably. And the thing that might play in their favor is there's going to be teams that aren't interested in guys like Springer. They aren't interested in guys like Josh Reddick because those guys are linked to that 2017 team and the cheating team. And that might drop their value a lot that brings Springer into their range. And if they can add Springer for a couple of years at $15 million a year, they can end up saving a ton of money in their outfield, which allows them to address the big need, which is pitching. Um, I keep saying not to overlook the Astros pitching. Um, Verlander, the Tommy John surgery is probably a career ender. There's a chance he comes back. It won't be in 2021. Grinky is just the epitome of what you want out of a guy who signs a six-year, $206 million contract. Um, he really doesn't hurt the Astros contractually until, in, or in terms of payroll until 2022 and beyond, where they still owe him like $12, $15 million a year for five years after he's done playing with them. Um, but they only pay him, I believe it's $10 to $12 million in 2021. And he's pitching great. He's old, getting up there, but he's still pitching strong outings each time he comes to it's his turn in the rotation. He's not lights out like he used to be, but he still has that potential. And he still gives you a great outing each night. Lance McCullers, he's had a year now where he, to kind of get back in the swing of things coming back from injuries. So there's no reason not to expect him to get better. And then you've got that group of Josh James, Framber Valdez, um, Jose Urquidy. Christian Javier, guys that got a taste of the big leagues are ready to compete for a role next year, knowing that Forrest Whitley is also going to come into the mix. So you've got five guys there who are strong starters or strong prospects, probably. And out of them, you need, what, three of them to be strong starters or to have solid years, a couple of them to be able to pitch in, in, in um, situations where guys are hurt. This is an overlooked starting pitching unit for next year. I know they have all that money tied up into Verlander that's just going to go out the window. Um, I know they have some big holes in their, um, in their bullpen. I don't see them bringing back Osuna after he got hurt this year and at the cost he's going to be next year. Um, 
Peacock will be gone too, yeah. But the thing is, they didn't really make any moves in 2019 offseason heading into 2020 because you had all that confusion over who is the GM, who is the um, who is making those decisions with Lunau being out. And as much as they have guys in there temporarily, they're probably going to hire guys that they expect to have long-term visions over this offseason. And what happens there will really determine their course for the future. Right now, I think they need to let guys walk like Springer, Brantley, Reddick, unless they can get Springer back for cheap. But they have a strong nucleus of pitching coming up. They just need to kind of help supplement it in free agency, whether teams are or whether players are less likely to go to them or not. I don't think that's going to happen. Money talks no matter where you are. And the fact that this Astros team can win a championship, even in 2021, that sets them up well. They're at that point where I don't see them backing off of contracts because of the COVID shortened season, but I see them possibly increasing their spending, knowing that next year might be one of their last chances to really have a chance at the World Series before things really come unhinged um, as that. Um, Bregman contract starts to boost up. I guess that's not until 2023. Altuve's contract starts to become a burden. Um, so they've got their work cut out ahead of them. They've wasted through their farm system and trading the last couple of years and getting low picks and losing draft picks. But this is a team that will compete in 2021. I think they're a 90 to 95 win team. I think they win the division in 2021, to be honest. That being said, um, they're also a couple injuries away or a bad GM away from having to blow everything up and start over again. The Oakland Athletics, um, they're another interesting one. They finally decide to sign someone to a long-term contract, and it's Chris Davis. And it looks like they blew it on that one as he continues to struggle yet again. He has gone from hitting, what, 247, was it three straight years, exactly right on the number. And now he's struggling. Um, you have guys like um, Matt Olson and Matt Chapman. Am I messing that up? I always feel like I'm saying their names wrong because to call them both Matt. What? Yeah. So the, they got the mats on the corners. Those guys are great. And those are pieces they need to build around. However, with we saw how fickle that can be with Olsen struggling in 2020 with Chapman being hurt and out of the world or out of the playoffs. It's so easy that this group could end. I think if you're Oakland, what they should do and what they will do is different, obviously, but what they should do is they need to add this year and they need to make the most out of this group. They have with Olsen and Chapman, knowing that you have Lazardo and Pook coming up where they have some great pitchers and possibly some of the best pitching they've had since um, the Hudson Zito days. Um, Montas and Manaya too. They've got a great lineup that if they can add to it this year, there's no reason to believe this isn't another 90-95 win team. Ramon Laureano has really come to his own. Grossman will be a free agent, but they seem to find guys like him and Kanaa anywhere for cheap. Um Semyon comes off the books at $13 million, which is probably a benefit to Oakland. 
he'll be able to find somebody to replace him. And there's a chance that they re-sign Lestella, which they've talked about, who is a great piece for them at second base. Um, oh, and Sean Murphy is looking great at catcher. So Oakland looks like they will be really strong in 2021. I'm assuming they kind of do their thing where they get rid of a couple players. Um, so like Semyon's probably not coming back. Mike Miner's definitely not coming back. Um, Mike Fires is probably also not coming back. And it use that money and they'll reinvest in mid-level talents that they know they can get the most out of. But they also have this great starting pitching coming up. And they have this great unit of Chapman Olsen, who both should be all-stars every single year if they can continue to keep it up. So again, you're looking at probably a 90 to 95 win team in Oakland. So what this adds up to is you say the Rangers are out. The Angels, we're saying they end up anywhere from 80 to 90 wins. Wouldn't surprise you if you go, they go more. Wouldn't surprise me if they go less. And Oakland and Houston both look like 90 to 95 win teams. So with the Mariners heading into 2021, they are probably the fourth best team out of the AL West right now. Things change. I hope things change. I hope the Mariners make it to the playoffs. But they've got their work cut out for them and got their work cut out for them. What wouldn't surprise me is if the Mariners compete all year, look like a team that can make the playoffs, stay in playoff contention even into September or at least late August, and still end up finishing fourth in the AL West because I believe this is a loaded division next year. Um, out of the AL East, the AL East has Boston and, and, um, Baltimore who'll still struggle. They have three strong teams. AL Central looked like garbage in the playoffs and it will help the AL West teams as well as the AL East teams to be playing more games against AL Central teams next year. Um, but this is going to be a tough division. If the Mariners are going to win the division, if the Mariners are going to finish second in the division and have a chance for a play or for a wild card spot, they are going to have to step their game up because these teams are not going anywhere. Um, my predictions would be that Houston wins the AL West in 2021. Probably an unpopular opinion. It's not what I like to say, but it's what I think is going to happen. Oakland finishes second, gets a wild card. LA. My goodness, I could see them winning the World Series. I could see them getting the number one overall pick. Um, but they, I, So I put them at third. I see the Mariners finishing fourth. And the Rangers, um, the Rangers are the only one I would guarantee finish fifth in the AL West next year. They're the only position I could guarantee what is going to happen. We'll see what happens in free agency. Houston has their work cut out for them, adding probably an outfielder and then some some bullpen pieces as well as probably a starter. Oakland needs to tighten up their position players. They need to replace Semyon. Um, they need to, who is the other one they needed to replace? Um, but they have some work cut out for them. If they can add some strong piece in the middle of the infield, so it's shortstop and second base, because they still need to resign Lastella, which is their goal, I believe. Um, they should be strong. The Angels need to attract pitching at this point. I can't imagine players wanting to go to LA. I know they're getting to play with Mike Trout, but 
it just seems like a mess from the ownership. And you wonder if that has an effect on players wanting to sign free agent contracts with them. But eventually money talks and they will be able to bring somebody over there because they are willing to spend. And they do have some money coming off the system. Who did they have leave in this year? Um, actually, really nobody, do they? So they might not necessarily have the money, but they can find some low-level um, contracts in terms of um, pitching. And they should get better just by being a better team. If I'm the Angels, I personally move Shohei Otani to DH permanently or to right field permanently. Actually not because Adele's there. But I give up on him as a pitcher and just let him focus on batting. That way you reduce the chance of injuries. Um, I don't think that will happen. And that's kind of the oddball. If Shohei Otani pitches all of 2021, the Angels probably win the AL West. If he doesn't, they're probably third or fourth place. So that's the AL West for you. I'm guaranteeing the Rangers finish fifth. And then I'm guessing it's Houston first, Oakland second, the Angels third, because I have no idea where they end up, and the Mariners fourth. I hope it turns out better for the Mariners, but that it would be what I predict. Tune in next week. What we'll be focusing on is how the Mariners are going to improve based on the players they have already on their roster this year. So we're just going to look at those guys who played in 2020 in 2020 and how they can improve just by having those players improve. The rest of the series will go into um, minor league players who are going to be coming up in 2020. Then we'll get into free agents. And finally, we'll end with trade targets that the Mariners could go for. Thank you. Have a great week.